Okay, Erev Tov all. We're going to look at a, uh, a well-known piece in our Sedra, uh, just to try and get a number of different perspectives on uh, what we learn out of the, the Ben Soreri More, this uh, rebellious son. Um, now, the real question is, or just to introduce the parasha, uh, the parasha tells us that a child or a son can um, can take himself down a path which will um, alienate his parents and um, and to the point where if the parents take him to the basin and they say, listen, you know, our child has been stealing um, and, and drinking and eating um, to the point where the, the, the basin will actually contemplate uh, executing the child. So this is a this is one of the most uh, difficult sugyas to really try and uh, understand as to what we're supposed to extract from this this story. Um, so we've got we've got a, a a young boy within three months following him following his thirteenth uh, birthday, who steals money from his parents, and with which he buys a certain type of meat and wine. Um, and he, he, you know, he consumes all of them. And there are some very unusual circumstances which come to play when looking at this particular sugya through the eyes of the Gomorrah. Um, there's, there, there's such complex rules for this to actually take place. Uh, the exact nature of the theft and where the consumption of the food takes place, how many times the actual kid repeats his actions. Um, the, the, the relationship between the parents themselves, um, all of these variables um, have to all come together in order for the Bayesian to be able to execute the, this Ben Sorere More. Um, and even then, when you, when you look at the Ben Sorere More, um, how do you understand that? He, he, how do you assume that he won't ever do chuva and get back to the things... <laughs> What, you know, what's the nature of this kind of person? What are you, what are you supposed to take out of this? So, um, we'll have a look now at uh, some approaches, and uh, I'll share them with you. Um, interesting is, Rav Cook has a statement on this, and um, Rav Cook uh, attempts to, to interpret a, uh, a well-known Gomorrah in Sanhedrin. Um, Rav Cook asks, how can it be that there's really a death penalty for, for a, a rebellious child? Um, and he quotes the Gemara, um, which says as follows, that the Ben Sorer Moreh will never, has never, Elohaya Velonibra, has never actually, there's never been a child who, uh, who actually has been executed by applying these particular laws. So the Gemara in Sanhedrin Ayn Aleph asks, so why was the din written? So the, the Gemara tells us that if you, you know, you, so that you can go and learn and Makabel uh, and, and, and accept reward for learning the Torah's piece, yeah, uh, despite the fact that there's no, there's, there's never been a practical application of this particular din. And so from this particular Gemara, you start to see that most hold that this din, this law serves no other purpose then as a theoretical area of, of, of study. Now, there is, a, there is a personality in the Gemara which, uh, which says that 
there was such a there was such a um, case of a Ben Sorere More, and he claims this um, Rabbi Yonatan claims that he sat on his grave, so to speak. In other words, he witnessed it. He um, he, he he saw he saw such a thing. So what do you mean, Drash Bekabel Schar? It's not only to go and expound it to, to get uh, you know. Rabbi Yonatan says that he actually saw the grave of a Ben Sorere More. Um, and so we have to understand this machloket, where the Gemara seems to say it never was, and the Bionatan who says that he actually uh, saw one. So Rav Cook really deals with uh, the first opinion, and that is that there never really was um, a Ben Sorer More. And what that really means is, is that uh, nobody has ever, the legal system has never been able to prosecute and actually execute a Ben Sorer More. There are too many variables that have to coincide in order, in order for this law to happen. And so therefore, Rav Cook concentrates on the idea that it's really theoretical and one has to, one has to try and extract from the, from the din, from the way the Torah describes it, you know, some basic principles of, of life. And what he suggests that we gather the Ben Sorum Mo'ore is uh, what, we, what we know as the concept of uh, preventative medicine. So, he says that that yes, medicine has made tremendous strides over the centuries, um, many successes. But the most, the greatest success that society has been able to advance um, to toward the health of of society itself is really the area of preventative medicine. That's been much more advanced than the actual cures, and therefore. As society has become more technologically advanced, so we have efforts to ensure that there's clean air and water and proper sewage treatment and uh, public education on healthy lifestyles and food, uh, immunization against disease. Um, these have all become the most important factors in fighting disease and increasing life expectancy. Uh, and therefore, Rav Cook suggests that we appreciate this fact that what society has done more than anything else to allow uh, people to be healthy is to prevent those diseases from uh, from taking hold. And he says we need to use the same approach to understand this sugya and what the Torah has to say about a Ben Sorer More. And that is that the the idea that we have to that we follow. The, the benefit of following a, a Torah mitzvot is, is a, a spiritual way that becomes practically applied. Uh, and its greatest advantage is that it's not that the Torah or the mitzvah, the learning of Torah or the mitzvah will cure a disease. That's true. It may miraculously do so. But the idea behind creating a moral, ethical, and healthy society is is that that's really the issue where the Torah comes into its own. And so what the Torah is trying to do is create um, a prevention rather than a cure. It may cure too, but the biggest asset is you need to have effective assistance in preventing, you know, harm and, uh, you know, harm and ruin. So Kosh Baruch then therefore promised, you know, that if, uh, you know, when Amishah left Mitzrayim and they came out on the other end of the Yamsuf, that um, if Am Yisrael uh, obey Akosh Baruch Hu's mitzvot, 
then you know all the all the various punishments that Akosh Baruch leveled against Mitzrayim, you know, I will not bring upon Am Yisrael. All the all the all the decrees against Mitzrayim, you will avoid those decrees. So Rav Cook interprets the pasuk to mean that um, you know it's it's a uh, it's Akosh Baruch doesn't say that if you obey all my laws, then I'll not strike you with any of the sicknesses that I brought on Egypt. You know, it's rather telling you that if you follow uh, the Torah lifestyle, it'll prevent you from any of these afflictions taking root. So let me say it better. It's, it's, Hashem didn't promise that he'll cure us of the sicknesses of Egypt. Rather that by faithfully following a life of Torah and mitzvah, you won't be visited by those by those sicknesses. So Rav Cook then says, you may ask me, okay, what is this, Drosha, what is this idea from, um, you know, Kolam HaChalash, all of these uh, maladies that I uh, leveled against Egypt, I won't, I won't do for you, I won't do on Am Yisrael. What does that have to do with the Ben Sorero More? So he says that by, uh, by educating, by educating Am Yisrael about the punishment that 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 should be anticipated for a if a ben sorer more had to become a reality uh, from there from this level of punishment from this almost uh, wild discussion as to what happens to this ben sorer more the Torah really wants to prevent a tragic breakdown in family from uh, from this occurring in the first place and this is what he interprets the Gomorrah to mean when the Gomorrah says you know drash study it and uh, and receive reward the very study of the of the actual dangers to society um, is its own reward in the end so if every generation can be educated about you know what it is in society that uh, that would become understood as a ben more you then eventually get the message um because the gravity of the fence would uh, you know would tell you this is what the Torah tells you is going to happen or can happen, and you try everything you can to avoid to avoid what um, you know what what will come in the first place. Now, along along similar lines, uh, we have this uh, this idea where um, there, there is a suggestion that 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 really the idea of a ben sorry more um, can be can be a, applied to people that are addicted to substance abuse. Um, and this is what Moshe Feinstein actually relates. He actually relates a Ben Sorero More to drug abuse. Um, and, and, and he says, you know, yeah, you have a situation where a person starts young and they're exposed through uh, all of the stuff to, um, uh, to substance abuse. And eventually, you know, that eventually helps the person and it's very, very difficult to get out of it. And once a person's addicted, you, know, you lose all freedom of choice. And even if you want to leave and say goodbye, it's so, so difficult. Besides for the addiction, just the, the environment, the people that, you know, uh, that can blackmail you to continue to stay in it. This is really, um, this is part of how we have to understand what, uh, what the Ben Sorero More is about. It's a practical application of what, of what, what can happen. And so this is how we understand um, Rabbeinu Bechaya basically tells us that this is really 
how we need to appreciate the Gemara. The Gemara presented a machloket. The Gemara said on the one hand, there never was a Ben Sorero Morer. Drash for Kabbal Study it, and that itself is, is its reward. And then he has, you know, you have Rabbi, Rabbi Yonatan who said that Ani uh, Raiti, you know, I saw this, uh, this Ben Sorero Morer, Vyashavti, you know, Al Kivro, and I sat on his grave. So how do you, how do you resolve that? And so one way to resolve it is to say that when the Gemara says that there were never was a Ben Sorero Morer, it tells you that the Beisdin could never, ever act on it. Why couldn't they act on it? Because all the details that you need to come together are, are, so, are, are just so difficult to actually come together that the technicalities make it almost impossible for a Ben Sorer or Moret to actually be legally prosecuted through the Beisdin. But the fact that the Beisdin never actually applied all these dinim doesn't mean that a Ben Sorer or Moret never happened. And that's what the Bionasan is saying. He's saying that I saw an individual who went down a bad, you know, evil path. And that path eventually, you know, became an addict. And, uh, you know, he started, he started when he was 13 years old. And by the time he's 20, you know, he, he becomes like an absolute disaster. And whether he's killed people as a result of it, he's stolen from people in order to finance his habit, the habit eventually kills him. And that's the, Rabbi Yonason says, how many of us, we've all seen people like that. And, and that's what he means. The court, the Bayesian couldn't actually apply it. But we've seen people like that. And Rav Cook is telling us that the fact that we see it and we talk about it means that it pushes us to create preventative strategies that they don't that they don't happen and that's our azhara from the warning from akosh baruch do whatever you can to stop this taking hold in society so that's a, that's the first point uh, the first point that he makes there's a there's another interesting he goes a bit deeper of cooking and creates a has another chidush which uh, which by extension is part of this discussion uh, and he says like this he says that uh, us as, as Jews, mankind in general, we, we take for granted the real important things in life. You know, the idea of shalom and shalom bait, uh, the idea of freedom, you know, mental and physical health, all of these items um, that safeguard our happiness and well-being, we only really appreciate them you know, when they disappear. In the absence, we already find, you know, we find ourselves in crosses. So when the real, the real, real important variables in the equation of life are not appreciated until you lose them. But the opposite is true for all the inconsequential matters. That's just the opposite. And uh, they come to our attention, you know, only when they are present and visible. And this is what the... This is what Rav Kuk interprets the Gemara to mean in Masechet Sotot But the Gemara says that the Yetzirah only rules over what the eyes can see. The eyes can see, and then the heart covets. Um, you know, th this is this is what he says. He says the inconsequential things when we 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 enjoy them when we see them right in front of us. Um, and this is this is as opposed to you know the the, the real important things only when they disappear. And the, and the nonsense is, uh, you know, is, um, you know, with, when they're present and, and, and visible. So he says, it's interesting that we have a halacha 
the halacha says as follows, that um, uh, the Shulchan Aruch codifies a Gemara in Masechet Nadarin Lamitzayin that teaches us that a person is not allowed to teach, not allowed to take payment for, for teaching Torah. Um, that's the that's a drosha based on uh, on 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 uh, on, on the psukim, where the medrash comes along and says that you know um, Moshe Rabbeinu says to Am Yisrael, just as I taught for free, so you got to teach for free. And the Shulchan Aruch basically passed on that way, except the the Shulchan Aruch adds on that a teacher can draw salary as compensation for time lost to other gainful employment that they could have had. Schar batala, you can take. But, the, the, but the, the principle in general is a person shouldn't accept payment for, for teaching Torah. Now, Sezrov Cook as follows. When it comes to a, a doctor who goes and he heals somebody, so doctors also similarly, a doctor who heals a sick patient, he is allowed to request payment for his services. Um, but a person who chases away uh, a lion, for example, and averts damage to his neighbor's possessions may not demand uh, a schar, a reward. So he asks, what's the difference between a doctor being paid for his, you know, for his treatment um, and uh, but, but, but preventing dam damage you know, by, by, by preventing a person getting injured, preventing potential in injury, that has to be provided, you know, free of charge. So uh, Rav Cook has this kiddush. He says that, um, you know, this idea, it sheds light on what's going on here with the Ben Sorero More. You know, the, the whole kiddush of the Ben Sorero More is uh, the, the Torah's preventative medicine to safeguard family breakdown and social order, and therefore study it and receive reward. So the, you know, this is what he, this is what he seems to imply over here, that um, you know, the, the reward is in and of itself. Any kind of preventative story, uh, you know, it's, there's no schar that you can ask the person to give you, but society reaps the best reward when, uh, when it learns it as a preventative as a preventative me measure, so that that's Rav Cook's chiddush uh, on this on this particular din, um, that the whole concept of ben sore more is a preventative me uh, medicine, and we have a responsibility within society to educate and uh, try and avoid the pitfalls, you know, of uh, of what really goes on over here. Now, there's a very interesting, diff very different approach. To the whole sugya of uh, of Ben Sorei More that's found in the writings of the Shem Shmuel. Uh, the Shem Shmuel uh, tries to tackle this problem as follows. You know, he says um, one of the conditions that exists um, in in the plethora of conditions that need to be present for this Ben Sorei More to be prosecuted and executed. One of the conditions is the Gemara Masechet Asan Sanhedrin Taf Pechet Amubet. The Gemara over there tells us that um, his parents, the parents of this rebellious child, the parents have to bring him in front of the Beis Din and have to both 
refuse to forgive the child for violating uh, for violating the din. But but uh, but if if the parents after he says I'm sorry and whatever else it is, um, you know if, if the parents say we'll forgive you, you know we love you, but don't do it again or go to therapy, promise us whatever it is. So if they choose to forgive the actual Aveira of the Ben Sorer More, so um, the ca the case against the Ben Sorer More is dismissed. Now this seems very strange. Um, first and foremost, it's strange within the actual within the actual uh, description of what of what really a Ben Sorer, you know, Umore is. You know, what's what's the issue with a Ben Sorer More? You know, why? What what do we understand of the scenario? So the the Gemara going back to that Gemara Ayn Beisamud Aleph in Sanhedrin, the Gemara brings in the name of Yossi Aglili, uh, who explains what the Ben Sorer is guilty of. So yeah, at a very young age, as we as we mentioned, you know earlier, that uh, he's got to be he's got to be young. We're talking about three months uh, following his bar mitzvah. And if he, within these three months, he steals money from his parents with which he buys meat and wine. You know, so he, after he drinks this measure of, of meat and a half measure of wine, um, you know, the, the Torah requires the parents, if they want to, to take him to the basin and and uh, the basin can stone him um, in theory. But but what, what does that mean? So Rabbi Yosef says, well, this is what it means. The Torah is, is, is looking at the end result of this person. And uh, what we see, the ultimate uh, result of this guy's life is, is that at some point in time, he starts stealing from his parents. Eventually, the parents lose um, their assets because he's, the child is stealing to fund his habit. And uh, once there's no more assets to pawn, so eventually... Um, he'll have to he'll have to steal, and if he can't find uh, any money, but no, the parents have got no more assets, so he goes to out to become a a gunner, and uh, and as a, as a as a professional gunner, he'll end up killing somebody, and eventually he uh, he'll be prosecuted for killing, and therefore the Torah says rather let him die now as an innocent and not die guilty, you know, of a much greater offense. So the Gemara, the Gemara is interpreting that this guy is, is really down a, an evil path as a Bamitzvah boy already, but it's going to lead to the fact he's going to become uh, an, a violent individual and eventually, you know, potentially will murder people. Okay, so if this is true, if this is true that this is the nature of the of the child, he's going to become a murderer, you know. So then what is the mechila of the parents, you know, how, why does that work? When parents come along and say, oh, look, my boy, forgive him, you know, he won't do it again. You know, what's the difference if they forgive him? Why would the, why would the Torah take into account whether the parents give mechila or not? It has no bearing on what's going to happen. So if he's going to become, uh, if he's going to become a, a real, uh, you know, a real, a, a real gangster, so the fact that the parents do or don't forgive him, that should play, play a role here in whether we execute or not. 
uh, if he's going to become dangerous, he needs to be executed, whether his parents want to give want to forgive him or not. Uh, because we're trying to save society from a far worse evil. Um, the second question that the, the Shamish world deals with is what we also mentioned earlier in our discussion, and that is that um, who says this guy can't do tshuva? The Ben Sorero More, who says he won't be able to do tshuva? Uh, you know, we, many people have, have uh, existed throughout the ages who've perpetrated evil and have eventually... You know, I've been chosen with tshuva. Uh, at least theoretically, tshuva is always possible. Um, the the sharei tshuva, the gates of repentance, you know, are never ever locked. And in theory, anybody can do tshuva. It might be very very difficult, but until mamash your last breath, the person is able to do tshuva. So we've made an assumption here that this ben sorei more will never, ever do tshuva. And he'll, he'll definitely only get worse. And uh, we're so sure that he's a lost cause that we're prepared to execute him. Now, he has an interesting part uh, from the Shemi Shmuel's perspective. Um, he now concentrates on, on, on this one point. And the point is, how do you know that this person will, will, will not be able to or won't do tshuva? So he has a chidush, a really big chidush over here. And this brings into focus a very controversial, a very controversial point. And that is as follows. There is a, there is a Midrash Tanchuma in Ha'azinu, which, which deduces from a pasuk um, in, in, uh, in Sefer Bamidbar. And uh, the Gemara makes the following you know, or the Medrash, should I say, uh, gives us the, follow, the following drosha. So what does the Midrash say? I'll just call it up here. Um, the Midrash says like this. Okay, so on the, on the Pasuk, that uh, the, 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 the actual sugya, the actual discussion in the Torah, is um, talking about a Nazir. And so when a person becomes a Nazirite, so the Pasuk talks, talks about uh, this, this tshuva, and um, the, the Torah says as follows, that um, after the Nazir, we have the sugya of the coin, and the coin blesses Amishal, Yivarech Hashem v'yishmerecha. And on the, on the Pasuk, Yisah Hashem panav elecha, HaKosh Baruch Hu will show favor to you. Yaseim l'cha shalom. He'll grant you peace. Now this idea that Yisah Hashem panav elecha, HaKosh Baruch Hu will show you favor. What does that mean? So yeah, the, the Midrash interprets that HaKosh Baruch Hu will show Am Yisrael a certain level of chesed. That chesed is only applied to Kal Yisrael and not to anybody, not to any other nation. So what is the chesed? So the, the one opinion now is, is that this is the, this is the concept of tshuva. The concept of tshuva is, uh, is the chirush aviyah that Akosh Baruch Hu gives to Kal Yisrael and, uh, and, to, and to no one else. It's Mamesh it's Matana that's given to Kal Yisrael and not to any other nation. So this is the big controversial point which, uh, which needs to be discussed. And that is, you know, 
is tshuva something that is only uh, is only a gift to to uh, Am Yisrael and Goim can't do tshuva at all. Anyway, we have a big machlokes about this, and um, I would say that you know it's not. I don't see a resolution. I haven't seen too much of a resolution about how to work with this. On the one hand, this is the midrash telling us that tshuva does not apply to a unique gift for Klal Yisrael, and then you have um, you can think of them yourself. You know the famous story of Ninveh. I mean Ninveh. Ninveh is a uh, you know is is mamasha a chidush. I mean, what does it mean? Ninveh. You have non-Jewish people, a whole entire society, you know, a whole entire society, um, you know, do tshuva. And uh, and why why wouldn't a non-Jewish person be able to repent for something that they that they did that they did wrong? You know, a who uh, you know would do you know this is a big machlok. It's interesting enough, um, and uh, and I would I would say you know that. The, the opinion that says that I would say the main opinion is that every everybody can do tshuva, do Jew and non-Jew alike. However, there is this midrash, and there are opinions who say that uh, that will explain it out differently. They explain Nimra differently, um, and uh, and and they and they come along with a schirush based on this particular midrash that uh, that somehow it's a special unique matana for Kali Israel, but tshuva doesn't help. Uh, Non, non-Jewish people. Uh, this is based on uh, a guy in this particular midrash, and uh, in, there's a Yerushalmi in, on Masechet Nazir um, that, that talks about this. Uh, anyway, there's a Zohar to some, you know, to a similar effect. Um, so the question is, what do you do with this machlokes? Jews, non-Jews, with regard to the world of tshuva. So. Uh, if I were, was uh, looking to suggest something, I found it very difficult to, to uh, accept the shita that non-Jews can't do tshuva at all. And so uh, I, was, I was looking to say, or looking to find opinions that say, no, it's not, uh, it's not chad v'chalak. It's not like a, an absolute statement, but there's a, a unique part of tshuva. There's a unique aspect to the concept of tshuva, which Klal Israel have, and the non-Jewish nations don't have. And I think that's the way to explain it out. That when the when the Midrash comes along and says that, you know, Yisashem Panav Elecha, that Akosh Baruch Hu gives Klal Yisrael a unique matana. There's an aspect of tshuva which is unique to Klal Yisrael and the Goyim don't have access to. What, what would be such an example? What aspect of tshuva would be appropriate for Klal Yisrael as a gift and not applicable to to uh, to the non-Jewish world, and so I think one of the you know this is what the Shemi Shmuel talks about as well. But this is the, this is an interesting point when we daven Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah especially, we we employ a vehicle um, in front of Akosh Baruch Hu to solicit Rachmanus a mercy from Akosh Baruch Hu. The vehicle is called Schut Avot. There's a, there's a very unique um, development that exists within Klal Yisrael. And that is that the fact that we have a spiritual DNA that, you know, traces us back to Avram Yitzchak Yaakov, you know, Sarah Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, the fact that we come from this holy gene pool, that holy gene pool creates a certain merit that every single yid can access. It's a kind of a 
It's a unique koyach that, that exists. And when a person does tshuva, you don't just do it as an individual. You do it, if, you, if you're Jewish, you, you, you can actually look into the reservoir of schut avot and, and draw on it. Now, if you, if you uh, don't just, this idea of schut avot, that there's merit in being born into a particular gene pool. Look, you did nothing for it. You were born to it. So how, how exactly is it that you can draw on it? You know, what really happens? The understanding is, is that Taka, even though we didn't do anything to deserve it as such, but the original, the original spiritual DNA, which crystallized through the uh, the mindset, the activities of, of the Avot and Imahot, create a unique aspect that exists within every single year that doesn't exist within the Jewish and non-Jewish world. They don't have, they don't have this added muscle that they can they can draw on. So you, you can't come along to Akosh Baruch and say, listen, you know, please remember Kedat Yitzchak. Remember this because I'm part of it. I'm somebody who's related to those Maisim. You know, I myself might not be a good example, but I'm related to it. And if I'm related to it, it means either that I've got schut that's coming for them or there's potential for me to be better. And the schut avot plays such a crucial role in the, in, in the exercise of tshuva this is the aspect that Jews have and, and non-Jews don't have. Uh, there's not, you know, I'm more inclined to say, I, I can't understand uh, why you would say that a, a, a sincere non-Jewish person who violated an Avera, he stole some money, and now he wants to do proper tshuva. And he, he took it, why can't he? Why wouldn't you say that he would do tshuva? I think you could say easily that he would do, he possibly, he could do tshuva if he wants to. He could return the stolen goods, you know. He could he could reform himself as an individual. Why not? But 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 look how hard he has to work, you know. The part that he can't rely on is, which is the unique aspect of tshuva, is this got no schut avot. What 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 schut does he really have? Okay, maybe his parents are taka unbelievable people, and therefore there's an element of DNA. But that kind of DNA. Is not nearly the same caliber as the schutavot that we have, and so if we understand tshuva as as an exercise in an individual reaching back into the recesses of their personality, where that in they, that spark of kedusha that that exists from the schutavot that we are born into, this opens up a whole interesting. Uh, understanding of what's going on here with this Ben Sorey More. Understand the following. We are saying that the souls uh, of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov and, uh, and the matriarchs are ours by extension. And therefore, there's an element of Anushoma which is intrinsically pure. And any, any uh, expression of Chuba for an Aveira that is committed. Um, the Avera covers over this. It it it, it hurts. It it uh, sallies the neshama. But the stain can of the Avera can be removed through tshuva. How does it work? Is that the 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 motivation to do tshuva uh, arouses a deep feeling which flows from the most the deepest parts of a of Am Israel's neshama. 
And that deep part of Amishal Neshama is the connection to the Avot who began the relationship with Akhosh Baruch. And therefore, when a person really does tshuva, you draw renewed uh, life um, to begin and force to begin again after the era of, of the Avera. And this enables one to remain uh, you know, steadfast in tshuva and, and repent in front of Akhosh Baruch. Now, the non-Jewish world is missing this advantage of the relationship through, uh, to Akosh Baruch Hu through the Avot and Imahot. And therefore, when the non-Jew sins, you know, he's straight away disconnected himself from Akosh Baruch Hu. Now, he's able to do tshuva, but he's not able to retain that level of, or he's not able to do it in the way that Amistad are able to do it. Because he doesn't have this, this depth of spiritual DNA. And, and therefore, it's much harder. It's much harder for them. I mean, so I have this gift. So the question is, how much of a role does Chutavot play in Tshuva? According to this way of thinking of the Shem Mishmuel, Chutavot is a major, major component of, of, of Tshuva for, for a Jew. And therefore, in order to do Tshuva, what it means is you have to be connected to the Avot. If you're not connected to the Avot on some level, then Tshuva is, 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 is so hard and it's very shallow. Now, how do you get connected to the Schut Avot? Well, this, the, the, the Schut Avot is passed down to you via your parents. So the relationship that you and I have back to our Avot and Imahot or through our parents and grandparents all the way back to the founders of, of, of Yiddishkeit. So the relationship that exists between ourselves and our parents is a very powerful relationship because to get back to the Schut Avot, you have to go through one's parents and grandparents. Now, comes along a, a Ben Sorero More. You know, you get this individual who, after Bar Mitzvah, he starts to behave like a behemoth. Now, he behaves in such a way that he threatens the connection between himself and his parents. You know, he becomes a criminal and his criminal behavior, you know, repulses his parents. According to the way Rabbi Yosagili taught us, he steals from them, you know, he refuses to listen to them. So the Ben Sorero More severs his connection with his parents. Araya, the parents turn him into the Bayesdin. The minute he severs his connection to his parents, he cuts off his link to the Avot and Imahot, to the Schut Avot. And, and that was the only uh, avenue of genuine tshuva for him. So even if he temporarily regrets his actions, he won't be able to maintain his tshuva. And he'll slip back because it's so hard to do it without Schut Avot. And therefore, the way the Shemi Shmuel is interpreting, that's why the Gemara is so convinced that, uh, you know, the Torah was telling us you can execute the guy. We asked him, he can do tshuva. He can't do tshuva. No, he can't do tshuva. Why can't he do tshuva? Because he's disconnected himself from Shutavot and therefore he's, he's, he's severed the connection uh, on, a, on, on, a, on a deep level to be able to do tshuva. And that's why the Torah does not consider the possibility that a Ben Sorio Moria will do tshuva. He cannot. 
He's severed the connection to his parents. But we asked, according to the din of the Gemara, if his parents are moichel him, you know, the, the charge against him is dropped and he's not executed. And we asked, what do you mean? If he's going to end up becoming a tzotzi on steroids, he's going, to, he's going to murder people. So how does that help if his parents moichel him? Look at the beautiful Kiddush of the Shem Ishmael. If the boy's parents forgive him, then it changes the whole equation. By forgiving his, his, his Averis, they unilaterally reestablish their relationship with him. And if they, if the parents choose to do this for their Ben Sore they perform an absolute chesed for him. Because as they reestablish their relationship to their child or their son, they automatically reconnect him to the Avot themselves. And therefore, once the Ben Sore More is connect, reconnected to, um, to the Avot again, he has Chut Avot. If he has Chut Avot, he becomes a, a potential Baal Tshuva because now he can tap into his spiritual inheritance, which he couldn't do until now because he cut himself off from his parents. And as a result of that, we're not sure now that he won't become a Baal Tshuva and therefore we can't execute him because he has a chance that may actually uh, may come to light. And this is the great Kiddush of the, the Shemish world in trying to interpret what's happening over here to, uh, you know, to in, in, the, in the technicalities of this issue of a, uh, of a Ben Sorim More. So, uh, so this is how he, he, uh, he takes us down a, 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 deeper, a deeper understanding of what, you know, of what, of what this issue is. So in summation, um, the Shemish Shmuel's Chidush is a big Chidush, but from a practical point of view, from a practical point of view, he's saying that, well, the tshuva is still open to that individual. And uh, if you lose the schuta, if you cut off from your parents, you lose schuta what? Now that could be a tremendously, uh, you know, interest, a challenging um, concept. What, what happens if, what happens if a, uh, you know, any one of us get into an absolute fracas uh, fight with our parents and we disconnect from them? So this could be an, uh, this could be an unbelievable thing. The fact that we no longer speak to our parents or We've got into such a fight, you know. I wonder if the Shemishmuel would say, "Look, you better make shalom because this is not just making shalom uh, out of kibbutz avaim, etc., etc." Um, but this is making shalom, so you you are reconnected to shchut avot. Well, maybe you could answer and say, "Look, if the reason for the whole fight is because the parents have become evil parents, so maybe your connection, you know, goes through." Then a shaman to your grandparents, who maybe were good people. You have to you have to work out a way that people who run into trouble with their parents, they do they still have access to Skutavot? Because according to this Khirush of the world, you wonder how this would work. It's not just a Ben Sore More who can't who affects his ability to do chuba. It can be anybody who gets into a fight and severs connection uh, with their parents. Anyway, I haven't I haven't had the time to see a resolution to that. Uh but uh, worthwhile looking into to try and uh, to try and see exactly you know what uh, what that's all about. But uh, you know the, the the theory that we speak about that Moshe Feinstein deals with, and uh, some sort of before him as well, where they they try and demonstrate the you know the actual practical nature of a of a Ben Sore More. So yeah, I mean Moshe Feinstein's 
approach is uh, probably the most practical that we have. He says that, okay, you, you know, you just have to think of an addict to some, uh, and you'll, you'll, you'll see a Ben Soreromore. You know, that's what, you, that's what you're really going to see. Um, so so uh, this, this idea is to, is to, is to drash the Kabul Schar that, um, you know, the, the Torah basically tells you that the Bayesian won't be able to act on it. There, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing, you know, to do. But um, the fact that we have to be Doresh from this, we have to understand where it can go, then uh, this, is a, this is a real heel on, on our generation. That we have to recognize some of these issues that and try and prevent them. Try and prevent them. And never apply Rav Cook's Chidush that uh, preventative medicine has done more to, uh, to, to, to take society to a point of being healthy and uh, increase life expectancy and quality of life. Uh, and, and we should see that these kind of dinim, uh, preventing our kids from going off the derech and getting involved in terrible activities. You do more for your kid by preventing them going, you know, remaining, let's call it a uh, whole and following a, a, a good, a good a set of midot. And uh, you do more than there. You probably do the most practical you can do for them, you know, and uh, this will at least prevent them from killing themselves and from going down a, a terrible path. So the Ben Soraya More remains something only for the books uh, as an, as a legal uh, exercise of the base there. But the drash for Kabul Shire, if we start to understand the, the gravity of the situation, and uh, many of us unfortunately know people, you know, we may have in our own family, you go down this path, you see what destruction is at the end of the day. So you have to work so hard to make sure that our education systems are geared to, to putting over the message. We have to, we have to teach the message, we have to make sure that the kids don't go down this road because it's basically a, a road of self-destruction. And that is drush, make sure you know a lot about it, talk a lot about it, make sure you understand it, come up with new perspectives. Um, but, and that in itself will prevent your child, hopefully, and the prevention in and of itself is the schar that uh, accrues um, you know, to, to us and our, and our family. So Baruch should uh, bench everybody with... Uh, you know, Shanatova, such that our children are protected from these tarbutraot, these bad paths, uh, which are uh, that mirror the concept of a Ben Soro More. Okay, I'll, I'll leave it there. Wish you well. Have a great Shabbos. And uh, we'll see you at uh, various other Shirim. Call to. Shkoyach, Shkoyach. Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Okay, Shkoyach, Shkoyach. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you. 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 Thank you.